0: Hi, I'm Debbie Braun, President of the Aspen Chamber Resort Association and thank you for tuning in to Accra's Election Forum. Today we are going to tackle our City Council candidates and we have four but we broke them up into sets of two um, so we could kind of get a little bit uh, deeper into the conversation. So today I have Linda Manning with me and Rachel Richards. Hello, welcome.
1: Thanks for having us. Thank Thank you Debbie, it's great to be here.
0: Thanks. Before we got started we were just talking talking about all the opportunities that the public has right now to get information about our candidates. So you can go to your local newspapers. Aspen Public Radio has things posted on their site. Grassroots. There's really no reason we all should not be out there voting for these candidates, especially because we changed voting to March. So I'd love to see everybody out there. Today, we're just going to kind of go through a few questions and really kind of just try to take a small, deeper dive and maybe ask a couple questions that haven't been asked already. So, Rachel, I'm going to start with you. Great. Thank you, Deb. Um, You've had quite a few years of public service under your belt, um, both on the county and the city level. Where do you see some opportunity um, to solve Aspen's top, top issues through regionalism?
1: Oh, thank you so much for that because I have uh, done an awful lot of regional work in the past. Um, Things like the high cost of individual health insurance are something that a coalition has been working on for a while, and there are some new bills with the new more friendly state legislature this year uh, that, uh, you know, people like Tom Jankowski from Garfield County Commissioner and I and Summit and Eagle and those sort of places have testified on before. Those issues are going forward and one of the most important ones perhaps for businesses in this community is the Gallagher Amendment. People are Mm -hmm. trying to find a way to change that so that the pass-through triple net lease taxes to those property owners are not just so crazy out of ratio uh, anymore. Um, RAFTA and the Roaring Fork Transportation Authority is our best example and people always point to that as to how we can work together regionally. and uh, I was fortunate to be mayor and help lead the charge to form that and uh, other funding measures afterwards. Actually, I got the bus lanes approved and coming in into town to that point by working with those sort of folks. Uh, when we go forward, housing is the big issue regionally. And it's a challenge because uh, I think a lot of the people who want to work in Aspen want to live really close to Aspen. And at some point, we're going to see a limited amount of opportunities for space. We we certainly have more opportunities now. Um, and. You know, there's a discussion about our housing program. Is it just for workforce or does it also about building and maintaining the Aspen community? And I think that's why most of Aspen's investments have been within the Upper Valley. Um, but I see greater partnerships with Pitkin County certainly uh, working together on housing.
0: The chamber had a summit not too long ago with all the chamber executives and we were trying to find like things to work on, housing, transportation, but immigration was a big one as well. Are you doing anything regionally in the um, in that space?
1: Well, I uh, serve as secretary of Club 20 and that's the organization of the Western 20 counties. And in the past, um, discussing that with that group, we have supported Senator Bennett's bill uh, legislation. Uh, that did pass the Senate, but it was killed in the House and now they're gonna try and reintroduce that. And then at the Pitkin County level, we passed a uh, resolution that we are a welcoming community within the uh, bounds of the law and try to really reach out through all our human services uh, to let these folks know that that the dialogue that's going on nationally is not how we feel about the issue and uh, that we welcome the uh, individuals in a diversity within our community.
0: Thank you. Linda, how about a little bit of what can you do or what would you like to do as far as regionalism goes with um, your role if you were elected on the city council? Yeah.
1: And,
2: and Rachel hit a lot of great um, topics with that as great. well. And housing is the big issue. You know, it is the Aspen Pitkin County Housing Authority. And we do work great with Pitkin County, but we need to include the entire valley. You know, we need to include Snowmass and Carbondale and look at it as a regional issue. We have workers that come as far away as Rifle that work for the city of Aspen. Yeah. And I mean, they spend two hours, you know, one way commuting to come and work for us in just for, you know, city employees. And that doesn't include the restaurants and retail, you know, shops in the right. city. So we need to look at housing, you know, from a regional perspective and how can we utilize um, the, the whole community and in, in the lands throughout the, the valley. Sure. Um, that, that's a huge issue right now. And, and particularly for the, um, um, Industries and businesses in Aspen finding workers for them. Yeah. And so if we can expand that and, and work regionally um, uh, it, it would just help everybody out in the long run
0: are either of you working um, I understand there's like a regional ho- the housing authority that's trying to get up and mm-hmm. running with Dave um, Myler Myler um, and he's got some reports that they're about ready to publish. So have either of you been involved in that?
1: Not involved directly, um, they did present the proposal to form a regional housing authority um, to the board of county commissioners and. I, I support the idea of working regionally, but I think there's real concerns there. And one is that once you create an uh, entity like that, they have different powers uh, called location and extent for planning and zoning reviews, um, meaning that they can go forward and do whatever they'd like. Uh, you can't really mm-hmm. turn them down. And so uh, giving up that power and potentially seeing a regional entity say, oh, we don't really like those open space areas, and we're going to put it outside of urban growth boundaries. or things like that, you would be powerless to stop them. And so I think people should cooperate and collaborate together. But I think there are distinct differences between say how Eagle County or Garfield County look at land use and look at affordable housing. And uh, an entity like that could um, really change the character of what our community wants to be. You'd also get into questions of taxation and fairness. One of the biggest issues I have felt is that you have a difference in your land use code where if Aspen's asking for 60% mitigation here and then they're not asking for any mitigation at all for new projects and developments in another area, are you really going to be gaining? So you have to have a lot more concordance with the goals and desires. Um, I think it's well worth working on. And we already have a commuting workforce, as Linda points out. Yeah, And it's the same issue we're having right now with APSHA discussing the possibility
2: of being an independent body themselves you know where would the money come from it's the same issues with you know land use if they're an independent body then they have they could potentially skirt the land use reviews themselves so I mean we're seeing some of that ourselves with APSHA right so so those are all issues that that we're dealing with internally as well
0: I feel like we were so successful with RAFTA and transportation (laughs) um, and as a regional issue that if we could model somehow for housing Um, But it sounds like we're just at the starting point of some really good work that could be done.
2: We are, and um, there's an RFP out right now for an information management system within APSHA, and and we really need to start there. That's where it all begins. And until we get that information management system in place and actually are utilizing it, we need to know who is in what unit, and that needs to be managed. I mean, there are people in the system now who should not be there, and, and we know that. And we have one person in the APSHA system who is doing compliance, and I mean, she does a great job. She's very thorough, but we need the inventory management system. We need to know what the capital reserves are. We need that system. Yeah. And when the first RFP went out, it was so broad. No one replied to it. The <laughs> second RFP went out, and it was too narrow. Yeah. So we are hoping that with this third RFP, okay. we have it dialed in, and we will get some really good respondents. And it's very expensive. This is not inexpensive software, right. and, and we know that. It's but a big capital it, investment. It's, it's huge, yeah. but we need to invest the money in this. I mean, yeah. we have yeah. 2,800 units within the APSHA system and we need to we need to manage it and we have to invest the money into this program.
0: Well, you're scaring me because are you telling me we haven't been managing it to date? No, 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 no. Uh, Okay, just asking. And
1: and to uh, add on to that, um, the data system will really be more than just who's in the units because they do know that it's just a paper file right now, so it's not very, very uh, usable. It's more about when did people move in and uh, what deed restriction they're under because Mm -hmm. the deed restrictions have been updated through the years, and so a new buyer today might have a totally different deed restriction than someone did who bought their unit 12 years ago. And that plays back into the whole capital reserve issues of how much can APSHA require uh, someone to pay or, or what they can require homeowners to do. Uh, I have a deed restriction that's 30 years mm-hmm. old from having bought at a unit over at Hunter Creek Condominiums, and mm-hmm. I live in a deed restricted unit there. Uh, there are real challenges because the program, I'd say, as it's matured from its original conception was how do you mirror the free market to the extent possible, give people that chance to develop some equity, give them a better credit rating when they apply for loans because they have home ownership. But at the same time, the uh, cap on appreciation levels and cap on how much you can put into the unit with the attempt to keep those units matching wages has, Mm -hmm. has created a real problem. And we're just really starting to look at the idea of if you subsidize down a unit that costs $450,000 to build to someone who can afford to buy it at $225,000, are they really in in the position to do the capital reserves for a $450,000 unit? And how do you set that up from the very beginning that those payments are made and those those products are kept in good good stead?
0: Right. Right. Well, you know, I hope. For us in, in the business community in Accra, that that housing obviously is a very big piece for yes. us. So it's really good to hear that we're looking from a regional perspective as well as just the local le- um, level. Yeah. All the low hanging fruit is gone. So it's really going to be incumbent upon our leaders to lead us through this. Yeah. Um, so thank you.
1: Can I make a, a final comment on that, Please. Deb? You know, I've heard out there um, from some individuals that perhaps the whole program should be rental because then it'd be easier to manage or we should buy back existing ownership units and turn them into rental units. Um, That is just not a good idea if you want to have a committed workforce. You'd end up with people who rent for three years, realize they'll never get some equity, polish up their resumes, get some experience and move on. And I think that it's the length and the time and the experience that people grow in their jobs here that's Mm -hmm. really important. So we need a mix from short term seasonal rentals like the maa seasonal rentals that we did at burlingame to long-term rentals for people not in a position to buy and then of course ownership opportunities through the lottery
0: i agree Um, linda you're a city employee right now aren't you i am yes Yes. so how are you getting yourself out of city hall um that you're just sort of not stuck in the silo of what you're hearing in city hall Um, How are you learning about the greater community and and what their needs are?
2: Um, Thank you. So I've been a city employee for just about 10 (coughs) years. My 10-year anniversary will be uh, April 19th. That's
0: crazy, yeah. Yes,
2: so, and it's funny. I was thinking about it last night. I said, though, I've worked for the city for 10 years. After all of the hours that I have put in, it's probably closer to 11 or 12. Wow, yeah. (laughs) So um, I've been there for quite a while. Um, you know, typically my work week is closer to 50 hours than 40, but with the campaign season I am out every single weekend knocking on doors. Um, My job does get me out of the office quite a bit because I um, work with all of the restaurants and business owners in town, whether it's a liquor license, business license question, helping them get through the building permit system or through environmental health. So I am out of the office quite a bit. Campaigning is a lot of work, as Rachel can tell you. Uh, I have put in a lot of hours. Uh, it's it's really more work than I thought it would be. Between all of the events like this, uh, the business lunches, going to lunch with various groups, after work events, it it's taken a lot of a lot of hours. Um, next, starting next week I won't be in the office at all because early voting will be taking right. place so uh, the city has asked me to step away from the office just so when people are coming in to vote I won't be there so that'll give me more time to be out yeah. <laughs> and about talking to people, meeting people.
0: What is sort of an aha moment you've had when you're out there talking to people going oh I didn't really think about that or I didn't know about that?
2: Yeah and it's interesting what concerns People have, you know, and and of course, people are talking about traffic, they're talking about affordable housing. But what is a concern to one family might not even be on another person's radar. So, I mean, that's interesting. You know, people, Mm -hmm. I was talking to one family who mold was a huge concern to them in the complex that they lived in. So it's, you know, one woman was very concerned about the open space and that we still allow dogs off of leashes. So it's just, you know, it's really up to the individual person. And I hear a lot of it being in all of the city council meetings and just from public comment. You know, and it seems like it's the same three or four themes, whether it's transportation Parking, parking is a big issue. Um, Boy, especially I could do a full show end. on
0: parking. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we should afterwards.
2: I, I'm sure you could. Yeah. And what is it? Next Friday, we're meeting with the Aspen Institute to talk about transportation. Oh, good. Yeah. So, uh, you know, a lot of the things I'm hearing are the same things that people come in public comment at City Council about. So I, I don't know that there's really been one thing. You know, the, the Lift One project has come up quite a bit. Right. You know, people are talking about it. And, uh, you know, we had chatted about that before a yeah. little bit. And um, I, I, I personally think that that project will get approved just because people want to see the lift. But the more I'm talking to people about it, you know, there are some concerns about that, that project. And, yeah. you know, just the size of the hotels that are being built. But, you know, I do hear a lot of people saying that, you know, they want that lift and they want it at whatever Mm -hmm. cost (laughs) it'll take. So, um, you know, it is nice to be out. I've I've met so many interesting people, uh, which is is fun, you know, but it. I get out there on Saturday and Sunday, and a lot of people aren't home, so good for them to be <laughs> yeah, out skiing. Yeah, on the
1: slopes. So I yeah. know,
2: and and it's funny, because I'll go out and, Just you know. sit
0: in the gondola, go up and down. <laughs> well, <laughs>
2: yeah. I'll be out at
0: Shlomo's or at oh, Ajax, yeah, and I meet them fun. at the bottom of the mountain, yeah, so yeah, it
2: is, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. I, I'm having a great time meeting people.
0: I'm really glad to hear that. Rachel, what about an aha? I mean, you've been in politics for a long time. Are you hearing the same thing over and over? Or is something else kind of like, oh? Uh,
1: Well, I I would add on that I'm really hearing a lot about childcare facilities. Right. And we really um, are seeing a lack of of childcare facilities. Partially, it's the growth of the valley. Um, The childcare facilities mid-valley for our, our commuting workforce are missing as well as what we might have here in town. Um, As you know, I worked to preserve the yellow brick uh, many years ago making a partnership with some private developers and the school district. Uh, But, you know, nothing stays the same. You have to continue to improve and and work on this. I'm also hearing a lot about kind of um, uh, everyday issues that people are concerned about, the walkability of the town. Part of it's this bad snowstorm, certainly. But people are saying, hey, they plow the sidewalks, they plow the streets, and then the crosswalks are are like these barriers uh, where where the snow's been pushed up against. it. And as we're trying to get people out of our cars, you have to uh, make sure it's it's really safely walkable. Um, composting you know how do we extend the length uh, of the landfill and do more composting with the restaurants how could you make a program like that really affordable um, and, and just very green for that matter yeah. um, things Recycling like that in
0: center
2: well and that came up yeah. too because we had a work session last week on the life of the Rio Grande Recycling Center right and so that's something that you know if I'm on council i want to really get behind that and make sure that
1: that stays in Aspen
0: yeah it would be crazy for that to go away yeah.
1: um, in, in a sense it would be but the 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 city has always had a land use code now or code that the haulers have to provide recycling service to every customer. And then the county has now passed a similar code that's going into effect in June. And so you start to ask yourself, why are you making it so that uh... we have a secondary place people have to drive to when they should have pick up at their homes and at their residents throughout the area and the business community so is
0: anybody monitoring how much is still going in the uh,
1: the city and the county have both uh... done some looking at that but um... the big change has been that recycling doesn't pay for itself anymore in any way shape or form and as a society perhaps we have to get closer to that reduce reuse and recycle is the last component Uh, I think our whole country is going to be changing along those lines with plastic waste and the concern of that in the waterways and oceans.
0: Right. Um, Thank you. Rachel, you've been a part of um, development of many current city policies over the years, Mm -hmm. Um, the same policies about which many residents currently seem distressed about. Um, How do you feel about that, and what do you wish you'd accomplish that you didn't last time?
1: Uh, I'm not sure which ones you're referring to in terms of distressed about, so it's hard to answer. <laughs> sure. Um,
0: I just think over the years, uh Code, uh, the infill, mm. some of the okay. things that have sure. happened over the years.
1: Well, um, I think there are some folks who wish we'd never built Burlingame Housing. And some still folks, yes you know that that, that was a, but uh, there's a there's kind of a um, a cliche that if there's two things that people don't like the public doesn't like the one is density and the other is is sprawl yeah. <laughs> and we never quite <laughs> reconcile our differences Sounds like resort on those and community, things right yeah, yeah yeah it's it's a tough challenge and i was part of the council that passed infill um, i recall working with people like Molly Campbell and others uh, on that and that really almost came out of Burlingame when people were fighting that we don't really need that much housing, we don't need it there. Uh, And a uh, study was produced by a, a former land use planner, I think Bob Nevins, that said, hey, if we just do all the downtown buildings, we won't have to build Burlingame, we'll have housing. And what is the real incentive for a private property owner to uh, redo their building, take it offline for two years, no rent, all the construction costs. And it was felt, and I think there's still some truth to it, that we were losing uh, small business space uh, for offices and things like that. So you'd have your first floor retail, the second floor perhaps offices, affordable housing, and then uh, the change would be the profit center to make that project viable would be to be able to sell a free market unit. And the thought also was that that would bring vitality to the downtown. You have more people living downtown. Um, I don't think that once it was passed, people visually liked what they saw. And so again, back to our reconciling of our differences, it almost relates to the Lift One project. Uh, Over time, we have lost dozens of lodging units, uh, you know, from the Sardi House and the Lay NATO, which we're seeing now, to Alpina House, Alpine Cottages, you know, up and down Main Street, Copper Pou- Street Horse, uh, Uller, Innsbruck, uh, where the Shabbat Center is now. And so we don't like losing the lodge beds, but we have a hard time accepting that perhaps density and lodge beds belong at the base of the mountain with the new Lift 1A project.
0: Do you know how many beds we've lost?
1: I wouldn't have an exact count, but as you know, I did the advertising distribution for Don and Jill Sheely for many years, yes. which I really enjoyed, and I could just count each year, oh, that one's gone, that one's gone, the Mountain House over there, John Warner's building, just one after another have uh, gone to the higher value, and I respect people's private property rights, um, but that, that those often are single family homes, second now, homes.
0: We're looking at about 300 units that yeah. we're down now is what we've begun to sort of do some work on and figure out what we're losing and what we're not. So when we talk about lift one and the beds that they're bringing in, it's not, we still have a lot of work still to do. Um, thank you, Rachel, mm-hmm. Linda. <laughs> okay. Okay don't hit me (laughs) you have a 10-minute commute lucky you because you live in affordable housing or employee housing and you get to ride the bus for free so you don't really experience what over 65 percent of the aspen workforce is experiencing with the commute Um, have you been past the roundabout lately is one question and then how do you advocate for workforce um, when it comes to helping them get in and out of town um, given the fact that the bus is really almost at capacity
2: yeah, no, that's a great I, question. Yeah. And I have been past the roundabout. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> um, But the, I think we do need to expand the, our bus system, and we do yeah. need people to ride the bus. It is a great resource. RAFTA did just get more money in our November election, so, I mean, we need to expand that bus service. And, you know, it is unfortunate, the situation that we are in when it comes to traffic, but people are driving their cars, mm-hmm. and there are a lot of single occupancy cars coming into aspen every single day right we cannot stop the work traffic you know the construction vehicles that are coming in those will always come into aspen but as many people that we can get on the bus we need to do that and you know i keep saying we need to try things you know we need to be creative in what we try and if that means and i'm going to say it again and (laughs) you know i've yet to get a phone call about this but um send cars down power plant road, you know, use it. I have friends that that use it. I know. (laughs) You use it. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I know a lot of people who do, but I mean, to me, that's a viable option to get out of town. Yeah. But, i mean i and i have friends who ride the bus and you know unfortunately that's something that fortunately we have a bus system we have a great bus system and you know yeah but on that
0: bus system Mm -hmm. we're standing as we're coming up and down so are we talking about Bringing more buses in or different? That's where it starts. You know, we need more
2: buses and that's what it's going to take. And right now on my bus route in the winter, that's where a lot of the ski people stay in the world in the summer. It's music school. My bus is packed, you know, and on weekends, a lot of times I can't take that bus into town because people are coming from Highland skiing. And so those buses are full. So, I mean, even that bus is Overutilized.
0: Your parking director has told us that in town when they're scanning the license plate, the majority of those license plates are 81611. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the commuting force seems to be finding the garage, finding the outskirts, yeah. yet it's our own 81611 that's yeah. plugging up our streets. Rachel, I, we've only got a few minutes left, but I'm wondering do you have um, anything to? Yeah,
1: sort of yeah, on yeah. That. Th- thank you for letting me add in on this. Um, <coughs> I- I think we're reaching a point where, if we're considering turning a residential neighborhood into a bypass for the state highway, the problem has grown to such a point that we need to start really tackling it and having a community discussion. Uh, We can't live in denial any longer, but I I can't support Power Plant Road. I mean, that had a flagman. Are we going to have a flagman on Cemetery Lane to accommodate this? You're acknowledging, and I I appreciate that, that the problem has grown to such an extent, but I don't want to interfere with the aspect. Institute and the music festival by having motorcycles and loud cars going through that area every day and that that's just not how you deal with a problem it's showing that we're bursting at the seams I do agree that we'll see more with the transportation um, dollars coming through that was a a campaign I supported and contributed to uh, but at some level we have to uh, reconcile some of our differences Mm -hmm. and perhaps take a harder look. Even though the work was done on the bridge to create the bike lane, CDOT is telling us that bridge still only has a 20 year life. What do we do then? Do we let this continue to grow and find um, duct tape and, and, and bailing wire type solutions to this? Um, I think we need to work more with the guest community, frankly, as well, because we have more courtesy vans running around the downtown than I've ever seen before, and they just stop in the middle of the lane and people have to pass them. Uh, There should be cooperation or coordination among those groups. I don't think we should have valet parking next to the gondola and let people know that you can drive all the way through the core, the busiest part of town, so that some driver can drive it back to the parking garage. you know, you, 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 we are, we are going to have to face those issues with yeah. some really difficult discussions, and um, I, I, I I'd like to be part of those discussions.
0: Okay, well, girls, we only have um, just like a minute and a half left. So I wanted to just kind of give you both, because we just, I think we need an an hour show, don't you? Yes. Because I didn't really get through my questions. But I would just love to hear, Linda, sort of your pitch and yours, Rachel, why you should be a council member. And I need to see you be succinct in 30 seconds or less, go.
2: Sure thing. Well, I think after spending almost 10 years inside City Hall, I have the relationships with city staff, city management, current council members that I know from the business community, my relationships there, that I have the inside knowledge and the outside relationships to really work on council to get some of these things tackled. We are hiring a new city manager, I would love to be part of that, and just to get a staff perspective on the hiring of a city manager for the future of city employees and Aspen as a whole.
0: Great, thank you.
2: Rachel? Great,
1: thank you. Well, I do think that the hiring of the city manager is one of the most important decisions the new council will make. Uh, IT'S VERY IMPORTANT TO GO THROUGH THAT TRANSITION WELL AND HAVE THEM REALLY BEING LOOKING AT THE BUDGETS uh, TO REALIGN THOSE WITH COMMUNITY VALUES, MAKE SURE THERE'S NO WASTE THERE. Um, I'D LIKE TO BRING MY FOCUS AND SKILLS AND EXPERIENCE TO THE BOARD. I'VE BEEN THROUGH HIRINGS OF MANAGERS BEFORE AND TRYING TO um, on board them as they say uh, with the department. I think this is really about core community values and how do we continue to uphold those despite the pressure that's building and how do we serve community citizens in their day-to-day lives. Well, I wanna
0: thank you both so much. First of all, for just getting out there, knocking on those doors and being a part of our public process. So I wish you both the best of luck. Please get out and vote and join us again for our next edition of the Accra election forum.
1: Thank you, grassroots.